Welcome to HGA's Redefining Workplace podcast, where we'll talk with experts about all things related to office design in the age of COVID-19, while keeping CREs up to date with new insights as they emerge. I'm Melissa Pacey, Principal at HGA in our San Francisco office, and super excited to be your host today. Today, I'll be talking about the important role design plays for infection control and what everyone can learn from our healthcare designers. Heather Bachman, a senior interior designer and medical planner in the San Francisco office, is here to talk about the research behind some of the decisions she makes daily. Heather, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. I'm honored to be on the podcast. So I wanted to start with you really high level and ask you, what are the top three things about finishes that you want designers to keep in mind when they are designing or modifying a space? Sure, sure. So the biggest things have to do with the variety of materials, the amount of texture, and the amount of horizontal surfaces that we're creating. So for example, in a space where we're thinking about how we prevent the spread of infection, we, we typically will limit the variety of materials. And we do that because different materials have different cleaning protocols. So if you or often have different cleaning protocols. So if you introduce a lot of different types of materials into a room where infection spread is possible, then you're increasing the likelihood that either the cleaning protocols won't be followed properly, or at the, at the very least, you're increasing the amount of time it takes to clean the room. So we go for a clean, sort of almost minimal aesthetic in rooms where we're really trying to prevent infection from spreading. The other one has to do with texture. So we all love texture. It's sort of a bedrock of design, but there are ways that you can create it visually versus physically. And so especially in healthcare design, we're often thinking about how do we create that sort of richness of experience without increasing the likelihood of surfaces where microbes can live and potentially spread. And then going along with that is just kind of limiting the horizontal surfaces. So in a patient room, we typically won't put a lot of horizontal shelves because again, just more areas where microbes can live and often don't get cleaned if you have a lot of different horizontal surfaces. So I I think those are the, the big ones with, you know, porosity being part of that. Could you talk a little bit more about texture and how in healthcare you do create that feeling of texture without actually having the space for microbes to to dwell? Yeah, yeah, we can. Luckily, the market has grown for materials that still have the appearance of texture without actual texture. In healthcare, we use a lot of what are called durable coated fabrics. So Sometimes these are referred to as vinyl, but I will say that we try not to specify anything with PVC unless it's absolutely necessary. But essentially, these are fabrics that are considered wipeable. So uh, it could be a polyurethane, it could be a silicone, those, those types of materials. Sometimes there's a hybrid of the two. Uh, newer ones include thermoplastic elastomers, which is fun to say, but essentially performs similarly to like a silicone or a polyurethane. But what's exciting about these is that there's new printing technology that um, really gives the appearance of a woven textile without the risk. So it's not perfect. It's not going to look like a beautiful wool that you may specify in a residence, but it does come pretty close and limits our risk overall. So that's one way we would do it. 
we're starting to use a lot more super graphics, large scale graphics, which have a fun sort of introduction, sometimes of whimsy, sometimes of texture. So that's been an area that we're excited to explore lately. The super graphics can go on wall protection, that's non-porous. It can go on a PVC wall covering, also non-porous. So that would be one of the, the tricks of the trade. And even though it's not exactly texture, lighting is really important. And so by paying attention to different levels of lighting, creating direct and ambient lighting, it adds a richness to the space that texture will often do, like for example, in a more residential design. And finally, flooring materials. So we use a lot of resilient sheets in healthcare. That goes back to limiting the porosity and the number of seams which is a good design principle in healthcare anyway. Luckily, the sort of visual uh, appeal of these floors has really grown in even the past five years. Everyone's probably familiar with like a wood look sheet. The market has really responded with some more interesting patterns lately that aren't trying to fake wood. Some of them have a little bit of a textural appearance to them, almost like grass cloth in, in some instances. So, you know, we, we try to employ a variety of, of these techniques and we try not to make it look fake. So we sort of embrace the material for what it is when possible. So yeah, that's, uh, that is how we, we do it in most cases. Perfect. I think that's really, really helpful. You and I both know finishes are super important to infection control. There's also things that are important for designers to keep in mind. Can you talk about the importance of planning, flow, and locations of items that might contribute to good hand hygiene? Yeah, absolutely. At more of a macro level, when, when we do healthcare planning and we think about sort of the interior of a hospital or a clinic, there are a lot of different what we call flows that we consider, and that's really just the movement of supplies or people through a space. And in healthcare, almost always, you, it's very important to separate what's a clean flow from a dirty flow. And so, you know, while this is probably um, implemented much more specifically in healthcare, we can still sort of apply some of these same principles to other areas of design. For example, you probably wouldn't want to carry your office trash. You would probably want to take the quickest path to, you know, the dumpster or that, you know, the trash chute or the elevator lobby where it goes down. You probably would want your trash to go down in a separate elevator from the public elevator, that sort of thing. So in healthcare, we're always trying to think about how to keep things that are contaminated away from things that are clean and vulnerable patients. We also think about <laughs> trying to encourage like the best behavior. So surprisingly, but wonderfully, one of the best ways to fight infection is good old fashioned hand washing, especially against COVID, but also against many other microbes. Hand washing, hands down, has been um, the most effective method. And, and so when we plan a room in healthcare, for example, an exam room or an inpatient room, you always try to put the hand wash sink in a place that the caregiver will see it immediately. Also, a little positive peer pressure. I know like when, my physician comes in the exam room if I'm there for an outpatient visit. I love it when I see them wash their hands. So, um, you know, combining like positive peer pressure, locating hand wash stations in places that encourage people to use them, 
And then just making sure that like all of the supplies for proper hand washing are located in one place. It sounds fairly simple, but it's actually a really effective strategy. So making sure, you know, can I reach the soap from the sink? Can I reach the towel from the sink and not drip everywhere? Is there a proper receptacle for my paper towel when I'm finished? Can I compost that? Can I open the handle of whatever room I'm in with something not, that's not a clean hand? Could I use a clean paper towel and then dispose it you know, right next to the door? Thinking about that particular path and making sure that people have proper hand hygiene is one of the single most important things we can do. That's really helpful, Heather. And kind of in closing, what would you say is the one thing that you want everyone to kind of take away and remember and implement in the office space going forward? So I would love to say as a designer that it's material related, but the simple truth is the one thing to take away is wash your hands. Wash them often, wash them thoroughly. And I think, you know, from a operations of office perspective, just like we need as designers to enable that as much as possible. I know it's simple. I know it's not, you know, a complex strategy involving multiple layers of antimicrobials and different materials, but it works. And it is the one thing that we try to do in healthcare all the time is really, really encourage hand washing. Thanks so much for joining us today. And thank you, Heather, for your invaluable design tips to prioritize infection control. I think knowing that our main focus should still be hand washing is especially helpful. To stay up to date with the insights from HGA, please visit hga.com insights or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and share with your friends on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. 